Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. November 6th is here and we have had snow. I am not kidding. It's accumulating on the ground. There's ice out there. I have to actually go outside and warm my car up. Yeah, it's one of those things. I have to just budget that in my time in the morning. And sometimes I just forget and then I'm late for work because, you know, you really need to let the things defrost properly. Or when you get in the car and breathe, the windshield on the inside will freeze. This is for people who don't live in northern climates. My favorite meme going around is it's a picture of a car that has a iced over frosted and snowed windshield and a little tiny square about where one eyeball is on the driver's side is scraped off and it's got a picture of Jack Nicholson from The Shining with his crazy face. And let me tell you, there have been many times when I have driven with just a few peepholes where you just don't even know. So anyway, I'm being a safer person and I'm budgeting my time better. And it's kind of like us being in a sauna, you know. I usually take a shower right before I need to leave because the morning I'm doing quilting and cleaning and, you know, all the things and I want to be all fresh and ready to go for work. So I get a hot shower in. The room is all steamy. I even have a little heat um, feature on my bathroom exhaust fan because, you know, the bathroom floor can get cold. So I'll get that going and it's nice and toasty warm. I get all my makeup on. My hair is still wet and I'm dressed and then I run outside. So this morning it was 21 degrees, no jacket go to the car, start it, do a little scraping. And let me tell you, it's just a rush. It's an adrenaline rush. Much like, you know, being in a hot sauna and then jumping in a lake. It's a similar experience. I'm, you know, I don't have a sauna in my house and I'm certainly not going to flop in an icy, nasty snowbank. It's dirty. So I have to tell you, that is my um, poor person's version of a sauna <laughs> until we get one. Currently, um, I do use a sauna and it's a dry sauna. It's not a steam room, but a dry sauna at our gym, which is only about two blocks from my house. And the gym has Nautilus machines and a couple of cardio machines. And I'm averaging about twice a week. But man, whew, going to the gym after not going for about a year is rough. So I need a lot of recuperation time in between my little tiny lightweight um, exercise program. It's I mean lightweights, literally. And, you know, but I'm feeling stronger. It's getting better. So, you know, you can do your cheap sauna by taking a hot shower and then running outside and starting all the cars in your neighborhood. You know, that would be a great <laughs> adrenaline rush. Get your heart going. Makes you feel alive. So on the quilting front, what have I been doing? So the October finish 
2019 has wrapped up and I did not get my one goal 100% completed, which was to take apart the pineapple quilt, which was made with the pineapple pads from Fat Quarter Shop and um, realign the rows. <clears throat> one row I did have to take all apart. And then I decided to add a row of 12 inch pineapple squares and then a row with the little cornerstones of six inch pineapple squares. Six inch went no problem. The 12 inch didn't have any problems either. I even went through my stash and I fussy cut some really cute um, centers for the pineapple block and I got two of the three because I only needed to make three, I believe. I might have to make four. I'll have to look at that. Now I'll have to unfold the quilt. And I realized that in the large quilt, there's a fussy cut center and then there is a round where I used two strips of the same color and then on the opposite side of the pineapple I used two strips of the same color and then I used a print from my tulip pink stash and then the four corners were all the same color and the placement of color on the big block is different than the colored in places on the pineapple pad. Do you think I remembered all of that? after I put this quilt aside, put it in time out, and was really, really upset. Yes, it's three blocks wide. I found a picture on Instagram. And yes, uh, I was upset. But then I got looking and I'm like, oh, I made this mistake on another quilt block and I think I can blend it in and put the one with the uh, print in the middle of the row with the two with the, all the solid strips on the end. See, the thing is, this is what happens. Lesson learned. Learn from me. Don't make this mistake, quilters. You start a project, it probably is a good idea to finish it all the way through to the end, but occasionally life happens. And I had some great advice given to me by several people when I talked of this on my Facebook group, my Creative Corner 3. It's a private group. And one was post-it notes. Jay suggested post-it notes and write notes to yourself about, you know, if you need the pattern or notes about how you're putting it together and you put it in a little box or a shoe box or something, bag maybe, and put it all together so that when you come back to it, you have notes to yourself on what you were doing. Yeah. Great idea. I should have done it. Another um, suggestion was, was to keep all of the fabrics together. And that's another good suggestion because I have robbed in my fabric stash of a project in work in progress. Realized after I used up all of one color that was essential to the project <gasps> that I used it in another project. Yeah. So make notes to yourself label the bag pieces, put the pattern in there, or somehow encapsulate it all into one project bag or box. Uh, oh yeah, my goodness. You know, how many years have I been doing this? And I still, every once in a while, do something incredibly, amazingly forgetful and actually downright just kind of stupid once in a while. But I think it's going to all work out in the end. And I should have that quilt finished this week. 
because I am on the last large pineapple block and then I'm, we'll put the last two rows on. So what else have I been working on? Sewing wise, not, not a much, not a thing, nada. I haven't been doing anything else but focusing on this one project. I did long arm a quilt, a t-shirt quilt for a friend of mine and I delivered that yesterday. I was nervous because I'm always nervous. I don't know why when I deliver quilts, you just never know what people are going to think. And I tried to follow the instructions. Oh, my anxiety was absolutely unnecessary. She absolutely loved it. She happens to work at Delphine's Quilt Shop, which is literally three houses down from mine. And she loved it. Everybody in the quilt shop got a show and tell of it. It was fantastic. She was incredibly happy. And it's going to her adult daughter. And they were t-shirts from when she played sports in high school. And it really, she did a great job with it. Because she pieced together um, different sized logos off of shirts. And puzzled them together without sashing. Yes, there are some Y seams, but then she put two large borders on it and it anchored it together really well. I did put a picture of that on Instagram so you can always see um, what it looked like because I did give it back to her, what it looked like. Um, I was just really proud of it because I thought it looked really, really good with the way she pieced it. And I did some large ribbon candy in different places, of course, swirls in the border, and then some flames because uh, one of the blocks, the team is called fire. And yeah, I, I, had, I had a lot of fun. In fact, I probably had way too much fun free motion quilting that, you know, when I'm free motion quilting like that in a real collage style, I don't even, it doesn't even like enter my mind um, to be nervous about it while I'm quilting it because I love it so much. So that has been the biggest projects. Now the next project that I worked on, I can't reveal what it is, but where it will be revealed is probably in the ne next week. It is a Christmas table topper that Sulky um, commissioned me to make for their blog. And I love it. It has free motion quilting also. Of course, I love that. But it has the holly stitch on it. And I was able to use some of my Christmas reds and Christmas teals. Yes, Christmas teals. And it's just a real dreamy, pretty quilt. It's a table topper, so it's not huge, but you could make it big if you wanted and keep using the blocks over and over. So watch for that on Sulky's blog. And of course, on Instagram or on Facebook, I will announce it when they send me the links. So that was another project that I worked on. And the last sewing thing I did a couple weeks ago, but um, the blog hop with Fat Quarter Shop happened the 30th of October and it is called a broken dishes block it is part of the vintage and no it's classic and vintage I always get that backwards classic and vintage series that they do and I'm telling you they have fantastic um, tutorials with that so you can go to Jolly Jabber which is the blog for Fat Quarter Shop or just go to Fat Quarter Shop and they have a link to the blog and I did mine in a bright blue modern print in a white with gray floral background. I think I talked about this last time. I'm really am proud of the picture 
and the lighting and everything about it. And it was part of the blog hop um, on Jolly Jabber on October 30th. And I put it up on social media, I think the um, Halloween or the next day. So that was super fun. I really like doing that because one, when you do a blog hop for one block, um, there's just a lot less pressure, time constraints. And um, if the one block doesn't turn out right, you can make it again, where when you do a whole quilt, um, I need to budget, you know, a lot of time for that. And when I work full time outside the home, I don't always have time to do a short notice um, big quilt. And I've done a couple really large quilts, um, you know, like twin sized or even bigger in the last year or two. So I'm ready to do smaller projects. I know I've talked about that before and use up my stash, which is actually kind of getting down there. I have a few pre-cuts and I have, you know, lots of scraps, but I don't have a lot of yardage. So I'll be working on smaller things and things that are experiments this next year. And I'm looking forward to Sandy uh, is doing a book on art quilting and how to do uh, pictorial type quilts of the quilt cabana. So when that comes out, I'm going, because I really flopped on the step into your art challenge. I'm going to buy her ebook when it's ready and I'm going to try one and I still am scared, but I, I'm going to try it. And I think it's going to be fun because she lives too far away for me to take a class on it um, when, that she teaches. But I think this book will answer all of my questions. So that is what I've been up to over the last little bit in the sewing and quilting department. So the next little segment is the crafty department. And my sister and I of Our Creative Souls have a little um, blog. And I say little because we don't post um, tons of posts on it, but we put free patterns and tutorials. And we have a Instagram page. So we've been working on cleaning up, organizing our crafty spaces, trying to get ready for the big um, push for handmade Christmas gifts. Um, I tried a reverse canvas um, last weekend and um, yeah, I liked it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% sold that it is a cost effective way to make a sign. I don't know. I, I like it, but I just think it's awfully expensive, um, craft to do for a lot of them. If you're going to, you know, if, for me, I bought a two pack and you know, it was on sale at Hobby Lobby using the, the bits of craft stuff I have laying around the house, it'll be fine, but I wouldn't want to like make 15 or 20 of these or try to do a whole bunch for a wedding or, uh, yeah, it, it could be expensive to do that. Uh, my sister has been um, organizing and making storage space. Um, she's much more creative in that department. She had an old steamer trunk and she has been fitting it with um, inserts where they're organizing uh, little boxes and cubbies and place to stack ribbons. And then it has a little table that comes out the side and she can have extra workspace. So I've seen some previews of what her new and improved uh, creative corner, because she has a literal creative corner. Um, it looks fantastic. And it has a very cool 1970s swag um, stained glass lamp. Oh, yes, I love it. 
And I've been using the Fly Lady system to clean up my crafty space. And um, if you don't recall, I have my sewing on the dining room table. The sewing machine, I even have my Cricut on the dining room table. It's a Cricut maker most of the time. We don't eat at the table often, but it doesn't take much to pick it up. And right next to the dining room, off the dining room, is a T-tiny little bedroom. Um, it was originally the kitchen to the house. It's not even big enough to hold a bed larger than a twin. Uh, when my son was small, it was his room. And then eventually, uh, when his sister moved out, he moved upstairs and I took over the little tiny space as a craft room. Now I have a tool bench, tool bench in there, brand new from the store, so it wasn't dirty and greasy and it went in. It is my cutting table and storage. And I have two Ikea Calyx systems with pull-out black bins. Then I have a plastic three-drawer temporary, you know, like from Walmart, you know, there's those tiny little storage spaces. My ironing board, and I have my mother um, gave me a Martha Washington sewing cabinet, sewing stand. That was my great-grandmother's. Now, it has really thin legs, but man, it has a lot of storage space in it. So I'm going to start putting things in there for storage, but right now it's in there and I have uh, my jewelry box on top of it. So I've really done a good job of getting all of the finished quilts out and upstairs in a storage spot in the guest room. And I have a couple of totes in there that have things in them, but everything's off the floor and in a bin or in a box. I've consolidated things. So it's looking pretty good. What prompted all of this is my mom was up and I tripped and she did too over a bunch of garbage that I had in there. So let me tell you what, 15 minutes a day with the fly lady system has paid off because my craft room is not perfect. It's not better homes and gardens. And in fact, it's not even photo worthy, but it looks and is perfect for me. So that was the big cleanup and declutter before we start the big push for holiday gift giving. So I bought some Craftex paper. Love the multicolor pack. They're, they come in eight and a half by 11 sheets. They look and they're pebbled and they're washable and pliable. They feel like real leather, but it's not. It's a paper product. So I'm going to use my Cricut to cut out. Um, I've done some earrings and I was playing around with a couple different shapes. I found some fantastic um, children's hair bows that are made out of the faux leather and it would work great with the craft text. The craft text is washable so it'll be fine and it'll be lighter and they're in fantastically bright colors so I'm thinking of making three of those for my granddaughters for Christmas and then I'm also looking at making I really wanted to make a full sewing machine cover out of the Craftex paper, but I think what I'm going to do instead, I'm changing my idea, I'm going to make a sewing machine cover with Craftex paper, but I think the top half is going to be canvas and a neutral color, and then the bottom half I'm going to make pockets with the Craftex paper. Now, why do I want the Craftex paper on there? Because, um, Fabric sewing machine covers are all mushy and drapey and I don't want to quilt it. I want something that can stand on its own and this paper has enough 
um, body in it that I think it will do that. And then I can decorate the little pockets and make it look a little patchworky. Um, yeah, worky. Is that a word, patchworky? Oh, well, it is today. And so that's my idea. Uh, so the craft tech paper, I'm going to do some Christmas presents with it. And then with the leftover pieces, I'm going to do my sewing machine cover to try to keep the dust off. Now we are in the winter. Um, dust gets pretty bad because it's blowing through the vents all the time. So I'm trying to keep my machines as dust free as possible. So that's what we've been working on. And the big push to Christmas for handmade gifts will be underway. So for extra content for my patrons, I did a podcast about gift giving. And it was about a discussion about the risks and the pressures and the, what's the other word I use? Oh yeah, it was pressures and risk of handmade gifts is the title of the patron extra podcast so I'm going to do one patron extra podcast a month. And I really bared my soul about gift giving, about some harrowing experiences. <laughs> and also, you know, as a recipient, you know, of getting a handmade gift. So all of those different types of things were talked about in the extra content. If you'd like to be a patron, you can go to my blog and there is a link about being a patron. You can also go to Podbean. And you should, once you're a patron, you get notified through um, your program that you listen to the podcast on a notification that the extra patron podcast is up. And I'm looking at some premium podcasts next year. And then those will be a series that um, either my patrons will get just as part of the patron program or uh, people who don't want to do monthly, but want to just purchase a installment of the premium content and now there's more to come on that but I got that all set up on the computer and I'm having um doing all the research and um writing the script of what I want to say for that particular program and it'll be perfect for right after um, the rush of Christmas and getting set up for the new year so overall it's been really busy. Some of it's just a lot of brain-powered things, behind-the-scene things, um, doing some sewing, a little bit of crafting, still knitting. Yep, I'm still knitting. Those grandma's favorite dishcloths are addicting. I went through one skein of cotton from We Are Knitters, and I love it. It's just gorgeous, but I don't know if you really want to spend that much money to use things as a dishcloth, but I loved it. And then it was left over from a project that I did. And so used up the cream. Now I'm using up a ball of navy blue and they're turning out great. And it's a fun thing to do in the evenings. I'm still hand sewing my hexagons and I'm getting down to the last few on that, but you know, kind of lost a little bit of steam on that particular project but that doesn't mean it isn't going to get done it just means I'm going to wait until I'm in a better frame of mind for hand sewing now the next week or two my husband has to be to work really early so he's going to bed early so that'll be a good time to do these quiet hand stitched projects because you know I don't want to run a sewing machine and wake him up he's it's just hard when you got to be to work by 5 a.m. Ugh. This should be illegal, right? I mean, 5 a.m. is so early. 
So those are the projects that I've been working on. And um, I'm really excited about getting ready to work on Christmas projects um, with the Cricut. Something that I want to work on is making some signs. So I already talked a little bit about the reverse canvas. So I think I'm changing my mind instead of making a bunch of those for Christmas. I'm going to buy some the chalk painted, chalkboard painted um, signs from the store and use some white vinyl on that because I have a lot of white vinyl. Used up all the black and I'm okay with that. I don't want to buy any more because I'm kind of waiting for the big sales of really fun vinyl and really sparkly things and patterns. And I'm also debating on, you know, what more I'd like to purchase for Cricut. Man, that's a rabbit hole. You can go down so easy. But yes, I'm going to purchase the um, chalkboard painted signs and embellish them and maybe make them where you could put a couple different paper things on them for the season. You know, maybe different flowers or wreaths or fun things. Haven't quite got all that sorted out, but the chalkboard painted signs are really fun. They're lightweight. And if I want to ship them, it won't cost an arm and a leg to ship. That's always something I have to think about for far flung relatives. And, um, in the leather hair bows, I found that that's going to be super fun. So that's where I'm at with Christmas gifts. What about you? Are you hand making gifts? Let me know the kind of things you're making. I also am thinking of making the guys some um, craft text will be part of it. Um, covered journal books or like a bullet journal with a cool cover on it. So those if I have enough time, those are the things that I'm planning on making. And I think I usually budget my time pretty well for Christmas, but sometimes, sometimes I get a little behind trying to keep it Zen, you know, trying to keep it paced well, not overcommit myself. I just looked at the calendar and Thanksgiving is three weeks away, really more like two and a half. But I wanted to tell you what I've been doing to prepare myself mentally for the mindset of Thanksgiving. And this week it is called kindness. I've been fascinated with, fascinated with the quote, uh, quote, hashtag be kind movement and be kind to everyone. It's something I see a lot at schools, anti-bullying, um, just being kind to everyone. Even Ellen DeGeneres, when she was uh, featured recently in the news, uh, she just says, I'm kind to everyone and there's no reason to not be. And it just resonated a deep chord with me because I think quilters overall and crafters are very kind and generous people. I want to talk about kindness. Um, what is the opposite of kindness? Um, you know, I got thinking about that over the last week as I've encountered a lot of things that were the opposite of kindness. And I would have to say the opposite of kindness is probably, in my mind, rudeness. Wow, we have we had a uptick in rudeness around here. Um, you know, we're a tourist town and people come to town here and they're in a hurry. And I thought it was just because we're a tourist town, but it's not that. I've encountered it everywhere. Actually, I've encountered it shopping um, hours away from home. I've encountered this in traffic. I've encountered this in line at the bank. Um, people get frustrated very easily and in their frustration, they get pushy and 
mean. And I've had people actually tell me in line, don't you know that I'm in a hurry? So my retort back is, it's really hard, isn't it? Because we're all in a hurry. And some people will realize they're acting up. I wasn't going to say a bad word there. Um, But I think, and I'm looking for, you know, jumping onto this grassroots movement of hashtag be kind, because it comes from the anti-bullying things at school and be kind to everyone is a very common thing I'm hearing for people who do YouTube and podcasters and all of this. Let's just be kind to everyone. There is no reason for that. We've got holiday shopping coming. Yes, I could shop online and do all my things online. I could never encounter people if I really wanted to. But there are times when I think it's good to encounter people and to be kind. Um, so I was brainstorming, what are some examples of being kind? I think it's, you know, can be broken down into three categories. So you have the random acts of kindness, which I think are cool, but at the same time, don't carry as much meaning. You know, the person ahead of me in line on the very rare occasion in the morning, if I were to go, say, through a McDonald's or Starbucks and they pay for your coffee. That's a random act of kindness. We have a couple of random act of kindness people at work. Maybe they will buy some um, Halloween candy that's on clearance at the local handmade and hand-dipped chocolate shop. And you find that on your desk. They don't always say who it's from, but I figured out now who it is. And so those are great random acts of kindness. But I think intentional acts of kindness carry much more meaning. Things like Aldi. If I have a shopping cart and you have to click it into the cart corral and you see someone coming across the parking lot, maybe they got their hands full or they've got little kids, I'll offer, would you like my cart? And I don't always take a quarter either, (laughs) you know? What about um, helping someone if they need help in the shopping line? Maybe a mom there who's there by herself with lots of kids. Always ask first, would you like some assistance unloading your cart? If you're at a bagging place, you know, like Aldi, where you have to bag your own stuff and there's someone struggling, would you like me to help you bag some of your things? Now, in northern Michigan, people tend to say no, but occasionally you'll get a look in their eyes that is just like, would you really do that for me? I'm, you know, I'm struggling with these kids or I'm in a lot of pain um, and I can't get this bag. You know, those kinds of things. Those are very, very meaningful and intentional ways of being kind. People in our universe is just offering a helping hand or saying, hey, you're doing a great job with all those kids in the store. We we run into this lot now that we're grandparents um, at a restaurant or a store looking at a young family and the kid is uh, had enough and they want to go and the parents, you can tell, are embarrassed and, and evidently there's a pressure on parents. Um, I've heard this from my granddaughters. You know, they're normal busy kids and the pressure of not taking them out in public because they're disturbing people has been brought up to my attention. And I usually make it a point to tell young families what a good job their child did at a restaurant with a long wait, or they're waiting in line to do something or uh, whatever. And that usually strikes up a fun conversation. Maybe I'm just getting to be 
uh, old person, but you know, things like, you know, they are, they child did a great job waiting in that high chair for their meal. And, and then usually the parent will say, yeah, but they're done now and they're being loud. They've done a great job. It's a long time for a baby to sit in a restaurant when you're traveling, especially it's been a long day. And then we usually get into where they're from and where they're going. And sometimes they'll ask, you know, if we know places to stop that are child friendly, you know, <clears throat> those are the human moments where I love encouraging people and being kind. No need to be rude. No need to do that. We're all humans. We're all in this together. It doesn't matter um, if we don't agree on things, whether, you know, because I'm not going to get into it here, but a lot of it is, you know, this just division in our country, in the America, and then maybe it's in other countries too, but people are very divided over everything. We have to faction ourselves and compartmentalize ourselves. And if people in our compartments um, can encounter people in other compartments, sometimes rudeness is. Now, I like the fun rivalries like, you know, football teams and stuff. But in the end, that all brings us together. Some of the best rivalries in compartmentalized people actually turned into a moment of great kindness. I was sitting on a 50-yard line with tickets that were gifted to me, oh my gosh, to watch the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Now this is in the 90s, many, many years ago. And I was genuinely afraid because everyone started wearing cheese on their head. And we wore our Detroit Lions stuff, swag, shirts. And every time Barry Sanders got a first down, yes, this is a long time ago, we clapped our hands and we were so excited. And I was nervous that the cheeseheads were going to throw us over the top of the bleachers because that's the reputation they had. And actually, we had the most fun at a football game I have ever had in my life. We were not in Lambeau Field, but it was back in the day when they played a game outside of that stadium of being kind. We would laugh and we were joking and everybody was just having the best time of, you know, whose team was ahead. And, and it turned out to be the most wonderful, kind experience instead of the reputation of these rough and tumble fans. Uh, I just, those are moments that I remember because, you know what, they didn't have to be nice to us. They didn't have to talk to us. And the next thing we know, we seem to all have common ground at the end of the football game. And I, I take that through life. You know, let's be kind to everybody because you don't know what they're going through. You can't tell. You don't, you don't know what kind of day they've had. You don't know if they're sick. You don't know if their car just broke down and they're irritable because they're having issues. Or maybe, especially in our town, we get a lot of tourists and, and they're in stress and trying to get somewhere. But don't you know that I am in a hurry really irritates me. And I'm going to make sure that I never, ever say that to someone while we're waiting in line, or maybe the cashier had a computer glitch or something like that. So I'm focusing this week on being kind to other people. I try to do it every day, but this is a week of ultra focus on it. I don't know. What are some things that I've done this week about being kind? Um, I'm trying to go into my 8.30 in the morning meeting every morning on time with a smile on my face and not 
feel irritated because morning meetings at 8.30 just set me off in a bad mood. And I don't know why. I like that I used to have a time of transition. You know, when I got there, I could turn my computer on, could look at my schedule. I could, and it's been a couple years where I've not had, you know, after like 18 years of being able to have my morning routine and, and my ritual of transition time was broken to where you got to hit the ground running. And so I'm trying to be kind to everyone in the meeting and not be irritable. And that is not easy because even though I'm up early in the morning and doing things, I'm not always ready to engage in lots of deep conversations about work at 8.30 in the morning. So I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to um, thank people for helping me at all levels, inside work, outside work. I'm trying to be kind in, you know, just helping people in the community. If I see I'm out and about and they need help, um, we have snow on the ground. So that's a uh, trouble for a lot of people. Um, parking lots, uh, seeing people who are lost or looking for their car or they seem distressed. We usually stop and roll the window down and say, do you need help? Are you okay? Um, oh yeah. I, oh, there's my car. Usually the answer. Oh, I see it. I said, well, if you need help, just let me know. And sometimes um, we've had to help people find their car or the person was older and maybe they seem genuinely overwhelmed and confused. That happens. So the focus is be kind. And I think um, next week the focus will be on something else, but we'll talk about that more on the next podcast. So join me in the grassroots movement of being kind. And I'm talking about the intentional kindness to other people versus the random acts of kindness, which is fun, especially during the holiday season. But I'm thinking it's more meaningful and touching to my heart as well as the other person if it's very intentional, especially to the people that you live with and the people that you work with and you spend a lot of time with. So that's this week's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed chatting with me about the successes and failures of my quilting projects. Maybe you've had some similar projects. Um, Starting and stopping projects is dangerous for me because I certainly lose track. And that's why I like to work on my projects in 15 minute increments, one stitch, one block, one row at a time. I like to cut out my blocks in one go one block at a time and then sew it up and then prepare it for assembly. And that's what happened with the pineapple blocks is I got out of order in my routine. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, and then I forgot color placement. I got the placement and constructions of the block, right? But there's a couple nuances and color placement that I just overlooked. It'll be fine, but it makes me Um, irritated with myself when that happens. So I'm also going to practice a third level of kindness, which is being kind to myself. Because sometimes I can get myself all worked up in a big old tizzy over non-important things like color placement on a pineapple quilt, because it's not everything I work on has to be 100% perfect and prepped and ready to say to be in a show. This is going to be a fun project that I worked on myself as a personal goal. And 
It's going to be a quilt that I'm going to use, and it's probably going to be a quilt that it will be in my trunk show, showing the difference between vintage and classic type of a conversation. Things that are vintage and classic, like that pineapple quilt, but I modernized it with bright colors, and also how you can go from a vintage um, quilt to being inspired with the modern pineapple that I'm working on. Yep, that will be my next one, finishing up my K-Facet pineapple. So being kind to myself, take a few minutes extra a day and just have a moment to think and plan or just breathe and enjoy a cuppa or take time to go get your car warmed up in the morning so that you're not being a dangerous person running around in fogged up windows. <laughs> be kind. So patrons, um, I did post the extra content and you can always join the patron site. I can also tell you I do a monthly newsletter. November's just went out and I'm thinking monthly is working out well for me. I have a group on Facebook, My Creative Corner 3, and today's topic was, are you making gifts for other people? Um, and it doesn't have to be just quilted gifts. I'm talking about all the things I'm making and so are other people, and some people have some really good ideas. The other thing I wanted to mention is I have Instagram account for Vicki L. Holloway Quilting and Our Creative Souls, and I share most days um, and have some goofball story things and you know so join me there if that's your platform and there is a Vicki Holloway quilting Facebook page that's kind of a page where I'm putting um, blog posts and podcasts in notices of the things that I'm working on I am so glad that you have been with me over the course of this fall and if you're new here welcome and Next week, we will talk more about the Thanksgiving focus and what I've been working on. Everybody, be creative and quilt on, everyone. <laughs>